0: Episode 1, A Debt Comes Due Ah, the colonies. The long arm of admiralty law rarely reaches out to these coastal cities and towns across the inner sea, instead allowing the appointed governors to run them independently as they see fit. It's a place of unlimited potential, if you have the will, power, and correct amount of depravity to forge your own destiny, that is. Our story begins in New Litchfield, capital of the Admiralty Colony, Hereford. The industrial heart of the colonies, black smoke from countless factories drifts above the red brick buildings that crush together along New Litchfield's winding streets. A hilltop fortress rises above the city's sooty squalor where Governor Rupert Collins sits, sequestered in his gardens with his prized dog Flopsy. In the city below, tensions are rising as New Litchfield's factory workers organize to demand better pay and working conditions. The governor's militia keeps a close watch on the streets as word of a general strike spreads. Yes, trouble is brewing in New Litchfield as three small-time outlaws, having freshly spent all of their most recent ill-gotten gains, sail into the harbor.
1: start with our heroes, walking down the gangplank from the Moth, the ship that has brought them to New Lichfield, the capital of the colony of Hereford. Can you please describe your characters?
2: I'm Seal and I play Clutch, a dragonborn really appreciating being out from below deck right now. I squint my always bulging, always bloodshot green eyes against the sun, feeling the warmth on my pocked and scarred visage. My scales shimmer their signature golden red, where there are enough to do so anyways. Ropes of scales resembling hair fall limply from my black Gus hat and from my chin. Adorning me is a yellow, tulip-patterned neckerchief, a long-line black chest harness that holsters my beloved revolvers atop a cream chest wrap. A braided bullwhip hangs from my belt and taps gently against my black chaps. Slinking just below seven feet, I clunk down the gangplank, appraising our newest port.
3: I'm Bailey Paw, and I play Josephine Clearwater, a tall, human woman with long, black hair that cascades in loose waves down my back. The kind of hair that says I put in a lot of effort to make it look like I don't put in a lot of effort. I'm wearing a long, royal blue coat over a white blouse with ruffles at the collar, and atop my head sits a wide-brimmed hat with a truly massive white feather tucked into the band. My hand rests casually on the hilt of my saber, highlighting it as part of my whole ensemble as I stride down the dock.
4: I'm Bjorn Peterson, and I play Eshtamari Himmelblau. Towered over by my companions, I'm a few inches shy of four feet. My stature and blue-gray skin give me away as Wurf neblin, or Deep Gnome. While thousands of miles away from the traditions of my subterranean homeland, I still dress all in black. A nearly knee-length hooded coat over tight leather trousers, and a somehow always ironed linen shirt, black fingerless gloves, and shiny patent leather boots of an exotic hide only found in shadier markets. I keep my long gray hair pulled back into a high bun, tightly shaved on the sides, my face unstubbled, and my ebony zersnablin nails perfectly manicured. Maybe it's the pale lavender eyes, or maybe it's the out-of-place cleanliness, but there's an uneasiness you can't quite shake about me.
1: You are at the end of a pier. As you walk down it, toward the city, you look around you and see a robust port. But you don't see anyone there. It's almost completely empty. There are many boats and ships at their moors, and many shacks along the water lines filled, you would assume, with fishing equipment. But you don't see anyone. This is a major city the capital of Hereford. Where are all the people? City streets wind away in front of you into the rows and rows of brick houses squished in together looming over the streets giving the city a claustrophobic feel. Behind them great smokestacks emit huge plumes of soot dust covering the walls of all the buildings with a light film of black. To your west you look up and you see a looming shadow. A mighty fort rises up over the city on top of a hill. Many, many stories above any other building. It casts a long shadow that dominates the skyline.
3: Wonder where everybody's at. Maybe it's a holiday? Maybe there's a party somewhere that we could find.
4: Yeah, or maybe it's a holiday party. I mean, I don't know about you, but I could probably use a drink in the near future. Uh, Shake off the salt air and Get the scheming.
3: Ah, works for me. I mean, I'll leave the scheming to you, but uh, I'll take the drink. That boat ride was a little rough. The confines were
2: not ideal, so maybe next time if we did not have to stand shoulder to shoulder when you're making accommodations, um, yeah, just maybe consider that.
3: Yeah, I
4: mean, just consider the extra coin that's going to cost us.
3: Ash, for the last time, it's not coins, it's dollars. We've had paper money for decades now.
2: We made so much money last week. And we
4: spend all of our money. So here's here's the issue, guys. Here's the
2: issue? issue? Uh, <clears throat> esh, I don't want to hear about another issue until I get a drink. So, and I turn, walk on, beckoning toward the city.
4: Okay, so point one, bar. But point two, uh, let's say a point of contention... So we're really good at making money, right? But we're unfortunately also very good at spending it. And, well, how do I say this? I have some debts to pay. You know, I have some creditors who've invested a personal stake in my own well-being. And uh, let's just say that pay period is kind of coming to a close.
2: Are these n- new? Are these new since the last time you brought up creditors? Ash? No, 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 no. no. No, it's just that I've got another
4: installment due and the coffers of ours are looking a little bit light so
3: yeah uh let's see the thing here Ash that all sounds like a you problem so why don't you consider that whole problem while we go in I don't know have a good time huh Clutch what do you say right behind you Josephine you know
4: I like that I like the way you think and I mean, don't get me wrong I mean obviously bar first Shall we?
1: As you head into the city proper, you finally see your first person, a shopkeeper hurriedly closing their shop, and then another, a woman hastily locking the door to her home. Both of them, once they're finished, hurry quickly down the street in the same direction. As you go farther, you see more people, all of them heading in the same direction, towards the center of the city, all of them with solemn and serious looks on their faces.
2: Seems like everyone coordinated to leave their shops abandoned. What do you think? Was it just for us? I smile at Josephine.
4: I know, I know. Small potatoes. We've talked about small potatoes, right? Small potatoes. Mm. Big potatoes. Mm. Let's go find some big potatoes.
3: Ignoring Clutch and Esh, I start following the people towards the center of town.
1: You follow a trickle of people deeper into the city. Soon the trickle expands, growing larger and larger, turning into a throng that fills the streets as it heads to the very heart of New Litchfield. As you go closer and closer, you hear a sound rising up, the sound of people, a huge crowd, and as you turn last corner, you see it. A huge square, thousand feet across, Filled with people, shoulder to shoulder, you have found out where everybody was. In the center of a crowd rises a scaffold, with a large brick wall erected on one side of it. Surrounding the scaffold, you can see soldiers, their emerald green uniforms clearly visible among the crowd, with their bayonets pointed outward, trying to keep people back. You can feel the energy of the crowd pushing against them, but they hold fast. Upon the scaffold stand more soldiers, holding a tall man with black hair, with his hands cuffed behind his back by the arms. Next to them stands a short, squat man in green finery, and he is speaking with a voice that booms over the crowd, clearly amplified by magic. This man has been convicted by a jury of his peers of the following offenses punishable by death unionizing, conspiring to unionize, seducing others to unionize, seducing others to conspire to unionize, insulting the governor insulting the governor's mother insulting the governor's dog and the jury all agreed if the governor had a cat he would have conspired to seduce others to insult that as well
4: see what I mean you're, you're gonna kill someone for insulting the governor's dog
3: this is either a
4: really dangerous country with some very powerful dogs or there's an unofficial story going
3: on eh, whatever As this list of offenses drones on and on, I am looking through the crowd, seeing if there's a way that I can get out of the the square. Let's go find a bar. This is pretty grim. Yeah.
1: You guys start walking away, and the sound of the crowd starts getting louder and louder. You see people throwing various things. Definitely vegetables are being pelted at them. You see one man standing up in the crowd is up on a cart hurling cabbages from it yelling obscenities and then you turn the corner and push your way past the throng of people pushing into the square you duck into the nearest bar looking up you can see the name on a sign swinging on rusty hinges the rusty tugboat you walk in and the place is literally deserted one man sits glumly cleaning glasses with a rag behind a bar
3: ah we got the place to ourselves Perfect. Uh, three whiskeys. And whatever they want.
1: Yeah, sure thing, boss. The bartender is going to pull out a bottle from underneath the bar, well whiskey, and going to fill five glasses, moving three across to Josephine and one across to each of you. That'll be 75 cents.
4: I got this round, guys. I'll pull out my coin purse and toss over the money. So, uh, Mr. Barkeep, what's What's going on out there?
1: We're just new to town. Number one, I have a name. It's George. And number two, I assume you're not from around here. hmm? Sure aren't. Well, let me give you a friendly piece of advice just right off the bat. After you spend all of your money here, I would really recommend getting as far from this town as possible. It sure looks like something's
4: about to boil over, but is it that dangerous?
1: Yeah, honestly, frankly, I'm starting to get a bit worried, and you should be too. Things have been bad recently here. The guy who is, I presume by now, been executed, he's a big guy pushing for unions. There aren't union protections here like there are in the, in the Admiralty. Wow. God's below. Yeah. And the governor's really been cracking down on anything that will, in his words, I believe, limit productivity.
4: Oh, boy. Where I come from, we had a situation like that, too. It, uh, it didn't end well for anyone.
1: So that's kind of how I'm feeling right now. If I didn't have the bar, I'd be gone. 100%. My close-up shop, too, I imagine. Can't blame you. Can't blame you.
4: I walk back to the table. So, um, it seems there's a lot more going on here than we might have originally thought. I've got a contact. I'm gonna go take a stroll and see if I can dig up some more information.
2: All Ash is ever thinking about lately is work. I don't want to work. I want to take a vacation, Josephine. Maybe we could actually convince him to rest or, you know, at least get out of our asses for approximately 30 seconds. Or even better, stop planning cheap, tiny, two-bit gigs.
4: Okay, okay, okay. Guys, so, um, here we go. This is actually way bigger of a chestnut to crack. Yes, I, f- I finally had a chestnut, and this is a big one to crack. It's the biggest bushel of potatoes we've- Ash,
3: wh- ash, ash, no metaphors.
4: Okay. Okay, let, let's- I'm gonna start at the beginning. So, uh, the guy- William Ford, you know, up there got executed. The, the man with the loud voice, the Preston Ditcher Chase, was talking about him. Yeah, he's a, a local union organizer, a man who's um trying to advocate for the, you know the rights and of the people of uh, of the things they need. See, there's 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 so little money to go around for the common folk, but there's a lot of it somewhere else. Do you, do you remember that that fortress as we came in?
3: Yeah.
4: Okay. So that man, the governor of New Litchfield, he, he's not just wealthy. He's incredibly, I mean, top 25, hell, top 10 in the entire colonies and the admiralty put together. I mean, he has a fortune of gold on hand that is in, in the millions. We could millions. Well, it could last us multiple lifetimes if, you know, we just happen to uh, find a way to come into it.
3: Yeah, yeah, hang, hang on. How did you find out all of this information? I have, um, sources. Oh, God, your sources again. Yeah. Remember what happened last time? Clutch, back me up here.
2: Honestly, as she is right, my right big talent has never been the same. Yeah, I mean,
4: look, 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 look. I, I I see your concerns. I understand. I mean, look, Clutch smelled like a rotten herring. I understand for about a week after we used my sources last time, and I, for the record, am sorry.
2: Hey, but the rotting was not
4: my fault. Guys, we have the opportunity to make the heist of a lifetime. The crowd, the unrest, the the commotion. Did you did you see the people's reactions when the governor's crier was talking? No. I think, I think, I think we could tip the scales. I think we could. I think we could enrage them and incite them and... Josephine, I mean, you're doing with speeches. We could give them something brilliant to latch on to.
3: To what end, exactly? A distraction?
4: Why? Uh, the, the money. I it, It's just... It's enough money. We could live as dukes and
3: duchesses and But right, I understand about the money. Why do we need the distraction Why do we need the money? We just earned, like, $10,000. Well. I mean, we had to
4: spend it all. I spent all my part.
2: It's true. I
3: don't actually know where mine is. Uh, I blame Clutch. Josephine,
2: you asked me to hold your purse last week. I've been keeping track of your money since. Uh, You just haven't asked for it back. And follow up, since when did you start taking advice from Esh about money? Uh
4: Fair point, Clutch. Fair, fair point. But, I mean, look, Josephine, Clutch, you, you, you understand, I have some debts to pay on a kind of urgent and continual timeline, so we need to up our mm, income generation, if you know what I mean.
3: So, we cause a distraction, rile up the crowd, break into the fortress, and steal the money.
4: Couldn't have said it better myself.
3: You realize how dangerous that is, right?
4: Not if the size of the incensed mob is big enough with all their pitchforks and torches and...
3: Nobody uses pitchforks anymore, Ash. Come on.
4: I know. They just use liberal bulletins on pieces of paper. But, Josephine, it could work. Look, I promise you when I say that my sources have information that is well, maybe not guaranteed, but is incredibly trustworthy.
3: All right, let's just stop. This really means something to you. Yeah. And you're just going to do it yourself, no matter what? Yep. Clutch, you're really buying this? If the score's
2: as good as he says it is, which it better be, I think we've gotten ourselves out of some pretty
3: impressive scrapes before. Oh, boy. I always say, don't get involved, don't get involved, but here we are. All right, fine, just the way it is. We're breaking into the fortress.
1: Yep, let's go uh, start ourselves a riot. You step out on the street and it is packed. People are everywhere and they are pissed. There's an energy in the air of pure vitriol and fury that permeates everywhere that you can see. What do you do?
2: You know, I start I start listening to different conversations and inserting myself with things like yeah, you're right. That's that's terrible. Or, you know, fuck the governor. Just floating around incensing the crowd, seeing whose gripes I can tack onto.
4: I'm going to poke around into multiple different small groups, changing my face at will using my Mask of Many Faces incantation I'm going to use to cast Disguise Self on myself. I take on the appearance of a poor, starving, beleaguered child or an incensed halfling who's always getting the short end of the stick, popping in and helping to further evoke rage in the crowd.
3: No, guys, that's... If we're really going to do this, that's not going to be... We can't just... Whatever, I'm going to jump up onto a crate, take off my hat and wave it in the air to get the crowd's attention. People of New Litchfield! I'll pause to let the breeze dramatically billow my long coat behind me. Today, the governor has taken one more thing from you. He's taken the life of Billy Ford. Just like he's taken your time, your wages your labor, your very lives. And I know we're all feeling pretty low, pretty powerless, but that's just what he wants. He wants you feeling like there's nothing you can do. But that's not the case. Individually, maybe, it's a hopeless cause. Together, together, we can stand up to the governor. Together, we can march up to that castle and take back. What's rightfully ours. Together, we can show the governor that Billy Ford's death was not in vain. No, that was not the end, but the beginning of this movement. If you're with me. Are you?
1: Role performance check.
3: I'm going to use my commanding presence to add to that role. 18.
1: 18. People around you are incensed. The longer you talk, the angrier they seem to get. As soon as you stop, another person speaks out, yelling above the crowd, detailing how they have been wronged. People are starting to get whipped up into a fervor, and you can feel it move out from you like a wave. Now we need the other two to make persuasion checks or deception. you 24.
4: Knowing what I know about my good scaly friend, I would probably just try to stay within their vicinity so I could quickly cast guidance upon them to give them a little bit more, um
1: leverage, giving an extra two to their roll.
2: That would be a 14 from Clutch then.
1: As you move around talking to people, kind of working them up, confirming what they think, making them angrier, bouncing off them, you hear Josephine's speech, and you feed off that as well. The street around you is becoming a scene of activity. People are gathering to it like moths to a flame. And, And at this point, it's been started. The ball is rolling and people are starting to hand out torches. Um, At this point, it's been several hours and the sun is starting to set over the sea. You guys are walking with the crowd when things start to get a little out of control. The crowd is surging forward towards the city, through the city, and you are pushed along through it, with it, not leaving a lot of room to get off the proverbial train. As you push down through the street, you see looming up ahead of you the fortress. The street leads up several sets of stairs to a bridge, which leads to the huge wood doors that are banded with metal. The people around you are starting to surge forward, and you are pushed up the stairs. You are at the very front of this, as you were in the instigating area of the city. You are in the front and unable to move back as you see the bridge looming up ahead of you, the bridge over top. You can see a long railway before you are pushed onto the bridge and that is when the people storming forward you are you're maybe 40 feet away from the door when you hear a boom. <laughs>
0: May the road go on forever and may the horizon never come. Lonesome Crowd Quest is Peter Howell as the Dungeon Master, Seal Giordano as Clutch,
4: Bailey Paw as Josephine Clearwater, and Bjorn Peterson as Ashtamari Himmelblau. Campaign and World Design by Peter Howell and Bailey Paw. Score and Main Themes by Bailey Paw with additional music by Peter Howell and Bjorn Peterson. Project management by Seal Giordano. Editing, production, and graphics by Bjorn Peterson. And our opening narration is by Jay Peterson. If you want to support the project, find us at Patreon at patreon.com slash lonesomecrowdedquest. Patreon is a crowdfunding platform where you can support creators with monthly donations at a range of different levels. Hell, maybe we'll even make some tote bags like the old public radio days. We have a wonderful array of Patreon rewards from adventure packs and Dungeon Master advice, to blog posts and live play sessions, and even a few extra special spots where you can have us fully score your own D&D campaign or play a campaign with us. And the more support we get, the more bonus rewards we can provide. Plus, you can join the ranks of people like Steven Sillois, Marissa Fisher, and Benjamin Miller and get your name mentioned at the end of the show. Stay tuned for our next episode, For whom the Belt Holds.